0: It's the new year, and happy new year to you all. <laughs> are we happy? No? Okay. Well, I'll just change it to it's the new year then. Um, but uh, it's good. It's good to see you all here today, and I hope that you are all enjoying God's presence here. Um, I, 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 so my is Christian, for those that don't know me. And um, it's uh, myself and my wife that's pastor of the church, and it's great that so many of you um, could make it on this first Sunday of the new year. Hey, first Sunday of 2024. So you made it this far, which is great. Um, But before I even kick in to what we're doing this year, I thought we'd have a brief recap of last year, um, just so you can see what uh where we're up to so um, over the course of last year we had uh, more than 40 people that chose to make C3 Cheltenham their home which was absolutely um fantastic so really 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 good so um we've got about 180 people now um here which was great um absolutely wonderful to see we had around about uh, 30 salvations which was fantastic Um, so really, really good, 30 people added to the Kingdom Go Down. That was across all the ministries, that's not just Sunday mornings, so that was also in youth, it was in CC Kids, it was in uh, some of the outreach things that we did, it was within Alpha, but a lot of that was going on there. Recommitments, about 56 recommitments over the course of the year as well, so that's absolutely fantastic. And baptisms, we had 17 baptisms, I don't know if you remember that. Um, That was very good as well. Um, if, if I do like to look at this, um, because I, I'd like to compare what's going on just to see trends, but it's very, very obvious we're seeing growth across all the demographics, which is brilliant. People are growing spiritually, in their relationship with God. So it's not just a numbers game, this, and it shouldn't be a numbers game really at all. Uh, people are growing spiritually. That's the important thing. There's healthy growth. Um, and nothing makes me happy, or happier really, I suppose, than when I have these conversations with people and they explain how their lives are being transformed by the gospel. They explain to me how they're, uh, they're reading the word and how it's making such a change to their lives, how they're now moving on in their walks and their relationship with Jesus. But we're seeing fruit. So isn't God good? Yeah, it's good stuff. Um, two new connect groups started last year as well, which was great. We, um, we, we began an outreach in Richmond Village, which was started by Sheba. Um, there we are, very good. Um, that's going very well, that's seen through. Anyone wants to be a volunteer in that, please speak to her. Um, because um, that's always useful. Um, Alpha is now running every term due to the increased demand, um, and the cap workers also expanded last year uh, by taking on Penny on the, for what, she was around, where's she gone? <laughs> um over the last uh, for um, last year which was really good so let's give glory to god in this it's really 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 fantastic to see god moving in such a way a massive thanks to each and every single one of you here you've all been all of you have been instrumental in this you're a wonderful church and it remains it remains a delight to be your pastor which is a lovely thing to say It's absolutely fantastic. Thank you for making it such a joy for me and Angie. We are delighted to see you grow in your passion for Jesus and for his kingdom. Um, So bless you all for everything that you guys have done. Um, It's been brilliant. And for being part of this fantastic family. Really, really good. So let's come to this new year, 2024. And let's return to the mission. Usually we talk about vision all the time. We're just going to go straight up to the mission, um, which um, has never really changed. And the mission is the love, uh, the, the, the great commandments, and it's the great commission. And I'm just going to go back into that. You can't leave the Bible alone when it comes to these things. So Matthew 22 37 to 40, and Jesus speaks the following. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. And then, just before he went ascended into heaven... Matthew 28, Jesus gave the Great Commission, saying, Therefore go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Everything flows from here. This is the mission of, of our church. This is where we stand. Everything flows from here. Love God, love people, and make disciples, if I'm going to be really quick about that. That's what, we, that's what we, we hang everything on. So our, our vision, which you have heard repeatedly from the stage of intentionally building and transforming community, hangs off that mission. It feeds into that mission there. So we build community by loving God and loving people, and we transform community by making disciples. Does that make sense? That's how it's done. That's how we fulfill in these things. All, all of this is done, all of it, can only be done empowered by God's love and by his Holy Spirit. So all of that there is, in, is essential. God's love is pretty much the starting point of all of this. 1 John 4 verse 19 says the following, we love him because he first loved us. And in that very quick verse, you've almost got the gospel that we Love him because he gave his life for us. He gave his life on a cross that we could have a relationship with him for an eternal relationship, that all of our sins could be forgiven, and that we could come into the most wonderful, enriching relationship with God. And that in itself empowers us to love him back. It empowers him, empowers our souls to be invigorated to love God and to love others. Love itself comes from God, doesn't it? Yeah, God is love. So therefore, that's what it means. That's what love means. And it's essential that we have a look at this. The pursuit of Jesus is the most important thing that we can be doing. And it's the most effective way to a highly fruitful life. It fulfills our mission and it fulfills our vision as a church. It's basically, as we soak, in God's love, as we rest in God's love, that we are empowered to do this. And and it's, it's something which I've reflected on again and again because there's so much in the Bible that talks about this. We'll have a look at this slide. We could spend forever on what the love of God achieves inside of you. Because it's very easy to reduce Christianity to a list of rules that you've really got to do. But actually, it's the love of God that changes your heart to want to do those things. It's the love of God inside of you that molds you and shapes you and inspires and empowers you on the inside to actually want to do this. If I, in my marriage, was going, well, Angie, tell me what are the things that I'm supposed to do to be a good husband? And she says, well, you're supposed to do the dishes, you're supposed to do the cooking. And I'm like, okay, here we go then. Yeah, there's nothing in me that wants to do this. She's just giving me a list of things to do. But if I'm actually inspired by love, then I want to do those things. Make sense? And that's just rubbish love. If it's God's love, then it makes an even better difference. Yep, I'm sure we're understanding it. It's out of relationship that these things happen. So we've already looked at 1 John four nineteen says that it inspires and empowers us to love God back and to love others, it would say in some translations. So you've actually got that on the inside. If you're finding that you don't have much love for people at the moment, then spend some time in God's love, and it will happen. It will naturally, or maybe I should say supernaturally, take place, soaking in his love, experiencing his love. There's nothing like it for changing our hearts. Um, John 14, verse 23 says, Obeying God, obedience with God, following Jesus is made more, more impactful in our hearts, more inspiring, more powerful, I suppose you could say. As again, we soak in his love. It changes our hearts to be obedient to God. And also, John 15, 5 says it helps us to be fruitful, which I'm sure you want to do, Yep. In in fact, what it says is abide in me and I will abide in you. He who remains me, he who abides in me, will bear much fruit. So as we draw off the vine, as we draw out of his love, out of his spirit, out of his presence, then you'll make more fruit. It's good, isn't it? Strawberries and grapes and all sorts of things. That's nice there. Sorry. anyway, right, But for those that are looking at me going, well, what does he mean? How on earth do I soak in God's love? What am I supposed to do? It literally is as simple as believing that he loves you. And that could be done by just pausing and being still, thanking him with the scriptures all throughout the Bible that he loves me. Thank you that you love me, God. Thank you, Jesus, that you love me. Completely, unconditionally, thank you. The more you tell yourself, the more you thank him, the more you start to believe it. And the more you start to believe it, the more you start to experience the love of God for yourself. The more it starts to resonate inside. Thank you, God, that you are there. Praise him for it. It makes such a difference. It's why we have so many worship songs that are about God's love for us. Often, I'll start the day confessing my need for God's love. That's what I'll do. I said, God, I need your love today. And that in itself humbles our hearts to actually open up to receive his love. This is an interesting thing, but that's what happens. The phrase, I need, is an immediate, well, I can't do it by myself. Yeah, I need your love today, I need your love. If I'm gonna go out and love others, I need your love. If I'm gonna go out and make a difference, I need your love. And it makes and helps us to have a greater experience of him as we do that. So where is this all heading? Okay, so I'm going to enter now back into the Old Testament, if that's all right with yourselves. And we're going to have a look at the book of Ezekiel. Exciting, isn't it? Some of you are looking a bit nervous. Okay, don't worry. This is Ezekiel 47. This is um, probably the most famous part of Ezekiel 47. I'm just going to pick on as much of this as I can. In my vision, and the man brought me back to the entrance of the, of the temple. There I saw a stream flowing east below the door of the temple and passing to the right of the altar on its south side. He asked me, have you been watching, son of man? Then he led me back along the river bank. When I returned, I was surprised by the sight of many trees that were growing on both sides of the river." Then he said to me, this river flows east through the desert into the valley of the Dead Sea. Note that, Dead Sea, it flows into the Dead Sea. The waters of this stream will make the salty waters of the Dead Sea fresh and pure. There will be swarms of living water, sorry, swarms of living things wherever the water of this river flows. Fish will abound in the Dead Sea, for its waters will become fresh. Life will flourish wherever this water flows. Fishermen will stand along the shores of the Dead Sea all the way from Engadai to En... Oh, I didn't practice that word. How did I do that word? No idea. Eglim. If you sound confident, everyone thinks it's right. Anyway, Eglim. The shores will be covered with nets drying in the sun. Fish of every kind will fill the Dead Sea just as they fill the Mediterranean. And verse 12 says, Fruit trees of every kind will grow along both sides of the river. The leaves of these trees will never turn brown and fall because they will always be fruit on their branches. There will be a new crop every month for they are watered by the river flowing from the temple. The fruit will be for food and the leaves for healing. Now, it's quite interested by this because the river flowed into the Dead Sea. Okay? So that's the first thing I picked from this. And not only that, it healed everything that was sick and brought to life everything that was dying. Yeah? Which is quite interesting straight away because this is now our call as the church. This is now our call. We are now the temples of the Holy Spirit, yes? If you didn't know that, then it's 1 Corinthians, right? So we're now the temples of the Holy Spirit. This is our call as the church. We're temples of the Holy Spirit, and we're called by God to move in the Holy Spirit to the benefit or for the benefit of a dead and dying world. Amen? Yeah? We're called to take what's inside of us and make it so that everything on the outside in the communities that we move into have got the life and love of Jesus flowing in them just as much as we have. Got it? Yeah? It's good preachers, isn't it? All right? Yeah, right. <laughs> that was a laugh. of Yeah. Um, but that's the way it is. As we let the love, as we let the life, as we let the Spirit of God flow into our communities, it brings to life our communities. It transforms our communities. This is what we are called to do. It sees people saved. It sees people healed. It sees people with a new hope. And that's... Amazing, because that's a prophecy from the Old Testament that's saying, well, that's just something that he saw. This is something now that we're being called into because it's the impact that we can have with God's love inside of us, with God's Holy Spirit flowing through us. Intentionally building and transforming community was never supposed to be a glib phrase, which I kept mentioning every single week from the stage. Yeah? Now you're just going, I don't have a clue what he's talking about. Yes, it means that. It means that we take the presence and power of God into every street. Yeah? Amen? It means that we take the light and the love of Jesus into every community, into every sphere of influence that you have. All right? That's what we're talking about. It means that we are purposeful, that we're front-footed, that we're seeking to change atmospheres with God himself. Do you know what? when you do that, when you walk into a room, God's on the inside of you. You can change atmospheres. You can, you can walk into a dark atmosphere and make it light, make it full of life because of the life of God that's inside of you. Mm. And, and, and that's essential that you know that, uh, that that's on you. That's about you. That's what you're doing as you walk into places. Everywhere we go, we make friends. Everywhere we go, we make disciples. That's what we're talking about. That encapsulates the, uh, the whole vision. And it's all got to be fueled by the love and the presence of God. That everywhere we go, we demonstrate and we declare the love of God that we choose to build God's kingdom. In our homes, in our streets, in our neighborhoods, in workplaces, in whatever sphere you're working in, in wherever you are living, you are a kingdom influencer. Amen? Okay. So all of this achieves salvations. All of this achieves love transmitted into people's hearts and people knowing their true worth, people knowing that they can live a life of far greater potential than they're currently doing at the moment. You know, people have decided to join our church family last year for a whole variety of reasons, and it's been really fascinating talking to them. Some because they saw transformations in their friends and family, and they were like, this is interesting. This person in my life, this person in my family, I've never seen them change so rapidly. What's going on? And they're attracted to Alpha, or they're attracted to, to church because they see something happening on the inside of somebody, and they want to know more. Others have come into contact with authentic, loving, genuine people and they come in because they want some of that. Yeah, like, that's a family I want to be connected with. And they come in and they get saved and they get added to us and everyone who comes, everyone who comes, comes because somebody invited them. If no one invites, then what happens is that in the end, and you've all got your connections, but with the, the whole thing just dies out. Yep. Everyone who's here came because they were found out about it through somebody else. So there's an intentionality about that, an intentionality about building God's kingdom, about building His church, about helping people to know what is on the side of us. Yes, go out. Yes, make friends. Yes, make disciples, and then let them know what they've got, and, let them, and bring them in, because church is a family. Church is enjoying one another's company. Church is building one another up. Amen? Yeah, and that's really, really important. So, I, I bought a huge well done. Uh, last year, I, I, as I say, I'm amazing well done that that's what happened, that people saw transformations in you. People saw the genuine love in you. I mean, that's really what it's about, and that's what makes my heart sing. When I was listening to that, it wasn't that they saw some really well-produced video and went, that's brilliant, I want to become a Christian. It was that they saw genuine love uh, or they uh, they saw transformation and they were like, this is actually making me think in a completely different way. But that's the intentional part of the vision, that we are front-footed and we make every, well, they make the most of every opportunity to build with others. I don't want to embarrass them, but Keith and Julie have been doing just that. That's this couple over here, if you don't know them. When they moved to Tewkesbury, uh, which is an island at the moment, uh, so we had, to, we, had to, uh, we had to borrow canoes and stuff. So it's a miracle we're even here. Um, but on a serious note, when they moved to Tewkesbury, that's what they did. They literally, well, they didn't get a canoe, but they... <laughs> losing the plot. Um, but what they did was they built community. Yeah, they they just made it their big purpose to make friends. And not just in that kind of casual, hi, and then go on when you walk past somebody in the street, but actually make proper friends, yeah? So it wasn't just being smiley, and that's enough. It was inviting people around for dinner. It was inviting people around for all sorts of things so that they could actually connect properly and get to know people in their streets, all right? And that's, that's the intentionality of building community. That's the intentionality that's required. We can't just go and think it'll just happen. They're making friends. So anyone they've seen that they're actually trying to get a, not a toe in the door, that sounds terrible, but it just in the case of building something up which is real and authentic. And so this year, they are looking at starting an alpha in their own home at some point in the year. Yep, that's amazing, isn't it? Do you think that's amazing? How do fair play to these guys? All right, but you have to do it now, I've said it. But, <laughs> but that's good, let's give them a round of applause, guys. That's insane. It's literally being who you are. They're not faking it, they're being real, they're being loving, they're being kind. And then giving people an opportunity to find out more about why they're like that. Yeah, that was, that's it, and that's good. Now, I could pick on a lot more people, I'm not gonna do it right now. But, uh, but there's a whole load of you doing very similar things. Um, as a church, corporately, we're going to be doing a few things a little bit extra this year. Um, we're going to be edging and um, trying out a, a second service once a month from September. So I'll, I'll keep you informed on that um, So to see how things progress with that. We, we are, as we are growing, we want to check out and, and do some things slightly different with that one. We'll make that more of a worship service. Um, and, yeah, we want to see how things progress with how God's got for the church. And there will be a discipleship course taking place from March. Um, that will be run by Alison Bates. So it should be amazing. Um, and uh, that's, that's, as I say, that will be, yeah, it starts in March and it will run for eight months. If you're looking to take your relationship with God, your walk with God to a deeper level, Um, If you want 2024 to be a place where you yourself is making real transformation in this way, then you please sign up for that. There were application forms that were emailed out today in the Sunday email, okay? So something for every one of you that can apply if you wish to, but places are limited on that one. So uh, first come, first served, basically, Um, but um, it will be amazing. and. it's uh, something that I highly recommend. Uh, we'll be doing more leadership training with uh, newer people again, so we'll continue with that this year as well as more and more people are required to uh, grow an, a, a bigger and bigger church. Um, we're creating new connect groups as well as we continue to expand, not just in Cheltenham but also bro- uh, um, broader across, as we've already talked about, Jukesbury, um and um, yeah, we'll see how things go with all of those things. That is exciting times. We're always on the lookout for new Connect Group leaders as well because Connect Groups are a major way in which discipleship takes place in this church. They're a major way in which people are discipled and disciple one another. And it's great to have so many of you in Connect Groups. It's as we ourselves are transformed by discipleship, as we're transformed by the presence, by the love, by the word of God, that we transform our communities. So if you're not in one, then please talk to me afterwards and we'll make sure we can get in one which fits for you. Alpha slam. Alpha's running. I think we've already talked about Alpha, but that starts again on Friday um, 12th of Jan. Um, but um, it will run all throughout the... Well, this particular one is just a daytime one. There'll be an evening one that runs just after Easter and so on and so forth. There, but please pray into people that you think would be worthwhile inviting to. If you are new to the Christian faith and you want to know more about the foundations of Christianity, then Alpha is definitely for you. And uh, please talk to me again about that. It'd be good to see as many of you there as possible who are interested in that. Um, and the normal outreach um, things that are still taking place, Nest, uh, Chatterbox Cafe, Food Bank, Lego Club, Richmond Village, on; <laughs> They're all taking place. Still, we're still running on this one. I love this quote. I came across this quote this year, this week, um, which says, attracting other Christians doesn't fulfill our mission. Reaching people for Christ fulfills our mission, and I thought that really it really encapsulated my heart for church. The church needs to grow from a place, of, well, not where we're stealing from other churches, yeah, because that's not growth. The church grows when people who don't know Jesus yet get saved and get into the church family. Amen. Yeah. So currently speaking, um, there's probably room for a a lot of other churches in Cheltenham because there's about 100,000 people that don't know Jesus yet, yeah? So that's how I see it, do you know what I mean? There's a lot of people that don't know him yet. There's a big need. So all I'm saying to you is that that there in itself, that's my desire, that's how I want to see us grow. That's how it is, that where people get a taste of who Jesus really is and grow. And it is an amazing, amazing thing. But we need to pray, amen? Yeah, because this is the only way things work. If a vision is possible without God, without prayer, then it's too small. All right? Yeah. If it's, if it's, it's just not big enough, we need to stop aiming for what's naturally possible and start aiming for what's supernaturally possible. All right? All right? Because it's time to start aiming high enough in our lives and in the church life that God's power becomes absolutely vital. Does that make sense? Yeah? If you can do it on your own, then you don't need it. God works in this impossible realm far better than anywhere else. All right? Because you need him. You need him to. So that Sermon on the Mount, when Jesus stood up and did Sermon on the Mount, people must have been thinking that's impossible. Because Jesus was saying, forgive people, love your enemies, be, per- be perfect. She said, be perfect. I mean, that's like, you'll never do that for one minute, let alone your life. It's impossible. But that's where God works. And that's the whole point. It's to cause us to depend on him more and more and more so that we see prayer as vital for things to change and happen in our lives. Amen? Yeah. Yeah. So God has a bigger vision for our lives and for the church than we can actually see. Okay? Get hold of that for a second. Because you might catch a glimpse of it. This is what I tend to do. I catch a little bit of a glimpse of it, and then my rational mind kicks in and goes, that's too big. And reduces it immediately to something which is doable. Does that make sense? Yeah? It'd be lovely, but that's too big. Not, not going to happen, so we reduce what's, what's going to take place because now I can do that. I could do that. I could do that, and I'm comfortable there. I can, I can handle all that. And God's going, this is, the si- I, you, this is the size of the vision that he's got for our lives. We catch a tiny glimpse. We catch a tiny glimpse. When God's challenging me, and he's challenging each and every one of us to, to aim for what's supernaturally possible because God, a God-given vision, a God-given vision, will always be aiming at the impossible. Amen? If you think it's impossible when you hear God, when you think you've heard God, probably chances are it is God speaking at that point because it's to actually raise the game. It's to raise your faith. It's to raise you and to put your eyes on him. He works in the best place God works is when we think it can't be done. Yeah? If you're thinking, that can't be done, that's the best. The number of times I've come across the situations where I've thought, other people have thought, oh, yeah, 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 but that can't be done. That's God's favorite place, all right? God's favorite place is the place where you think it can't be done. But Moses comes along and there's a big red sea. We can't cross it. It can't be done, whatever you come across. It can't be done, it's God's favorite place. It's impossible, it's God's favorite place because what's impossible to us is very possible with God, amen? All right, so it's grabbing hold of a God-given vision, he works in those places. He, he, he basically throws in these thoughts, throws in these words, grab hold of the vision he's got for your life, that he's got for the church, and then turn to prayer because it's only prayer that will make these things happen. And let's hear him, let's believe he's outraged. I'm gonna use the word outrageous. Let's hear God's outrageous vision for 2024, yeah? Can we think outrageously? Can you think outrageously for a minute? Think outrageous, an outrageous vision for 2024. A God given outrageous vision. You have to hear him on it. Say, all right, just surprise me with what you can do. Surprise me with what you want to do. But let's hear, let's believe for that individually and as a church. And then let's turn to prayer to see God move. We've already said there's going to be prayer and fasting for the first six weeks. Um, So pick a day, just a day to fast food, not eat fast food, but to (laughs) fast. It's very different. That's not a real fast to to fast food if you can. If for work reasons or for um, health reasons you can't, then pick something else. If you're going to pick something like entertainment, TV, and social media, then just go for the full six weeks rather than one day um, because that's much much more probably going to hurt. But the point of it isn't to twist God's arm. The point isn't to go, well, God's got to answer now, I'm fasting. The point is to carve out more time in the day that we've got to give to God, to devote to God, and to tune into his voice, to tune into what he's got to say to us, to tune in to to help us to believe, to raise our faith, because that's what happens when we start to hear him more. Amen? Yeah. Okay. So... um, It'd be great to see every one of you here for these prayer meetings. Every Tuesday during the month of January, we will be meeting here. We'll have worship here. We'll have time to rest and relax in God's presence. We'll have time to pray like never before. Yeah. I'm enjoying it. I'm I'm excited for coming. I think you're going to be here. (laughs) So um, let's return back to this. Jesus has called us to make disciples. He's called us to preach good news to the poor. God never asks anything of us that he will not empower. Amen? Yeah? So if he's called everyone to do it, then he's going to empower you to do it, or he is already empowering you to do it. We are anointed to preach the gospel. We're anointed to do that. Yes, that's a big part of what we're called to do. And to see disciples, see, make disciples, to see salvations. So let's expect this. Let's expect this, because that's, the power you carry on you. That's the power on every single one of you. That's in there. You are an anointed, powerful minister of the gospel. Yes? This is exciting, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know. Well, you obviously already knew it. Sorry, I thought it was there. But if the more we see it like that, the better it is. Now, I was like, I want a word for this 2024 in the sense of a, a kind of a, a, a prophetic edge to it. I, I think a lot of that has already been quite, you know, new and quite prophetic for a lot of this. But this came... I just wanted to read this out. When I was reading John chapter 4 um, recently, um, this is Jesus speaking. He says, You know the saying, four months between planting and harvest. But I say, Wake up and look around. The fields are already ripe for harvest. I'm going to leave it there. The fields are already ripe for harvest. That's your word. The fields are already ripe. For harvest. And I felt like from the off that, just after reading that, that God was saying this is the gospel. This is the whole thing. Preach the gospel everywhere you go. Yes? Then not in a Bible bashing way. Not in a right, you're going to listen to me now. But through genuine relationships, through the people that you know, through the people that you've got those genuine relationships with, as you've built loving community already, as you, You do that. You can tell people the difference. Tell people the difference God has made to your life. You can tell people the hope that you have. You can tell people why you can remain calm when everything around you has gone nuts. You can tell why you've got Jesus in your life because Jesus is saying to us now, the harvest is ready. Amen? He's saying to us that people are going to listen. He's saying that people are actually wanting to know And it's important that we don't just go, well, if it lands in my lap, then I'll tell somebody. But actually, it goes beyond that into intentionally, front-footedly building those friendships. And then from that place, from a loving place, it's always got to be done through love. From a loving place, we go out and we help people into the kingdom. And that could be as simple as just inviting them to Alpha and to invite them to church. But there's more to it than that. Don't be afraid to tell people why you're a Christian. Don't be afraid to tell people what it means. It's really, really, really what we're here for as we go out from this place. Okay, so you want some application? If you are fallen asleep, this is where to wake up. Never like the nervous laughter on that one. Um, okay, so three points. Soak in God's love. Let him... Um, energize you, let him build you up from the inside out, soak in his presence, soak in his, his, his spirit. Um, secondly, know that you are called to be fruitful. Know that you are anointed to make disciples, to see salvation. Know that that's on you. Know that that's something that you can do. Don't let anyone convince you that it isn't. Don't let your fear push you down and say that that's not possible, Okay. And then finally, be front-footed, be intentional, because it doesn't happen if we just walk around doing life the same every single day of the week. It won't. God desires to have a close, eternal relationship with every single person on the planet. Amen? And that is a relationship that holds the promise of complete peace, joy, and hope. And Jesus loves us completely. He desired that relationship with us so much that he sent Jesus to die on the planet, that we may have an eternal relationship with him, that we could have our sins forgiven, that they could be wiped clean and we could have a fresh start. And today is a day to make that decision again. In a moment, I'm going to pray. And you might find yourself in one of the following three categories. So as I uh, give these three categories, can I have every head bowed, please? Number one is that you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You've never had a relationship with him and would like to make today the day that you choose to follow him, to receive forgiveness and begin a relationship with Jesus. Second one is that you used to walk with Jesus and you'd like today to be the day where you reconnect with him. And the third one is that you're not sure of your salvation. You're not sure that at the end of your life you'll be going to heaven and you desire the certainty that Jesus offers. If you relate to any of those three, then I'm going to encourage you to pray along with me now, repeating these words out of your own heart. Lord Jesus, I believe You died for my sins and rose from the dead. I ask you to forgive me for all my wrongdoing and receive me as your child. I commit my life to you now. Amen.